The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Cleveland Clinic, ranked number one in the nation in heart care, 24 years in a row, according to U.S. News and World Report. More information is available at clevelandclinic.org slash rankings. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, August 22nd. In today's news, President Trump's top economic advisor hosted a white nationalist at his birthday party. Brett Kavanaugh reassures Susan Collins on abortion. And Trump's endorsement fails to get a candidate for governor across the finish line in a Wyoming primary. But first, the big idea. In perhaps the worst day of his presidency thus far, Trump's former longtime attorney and his 2016 campaign chairman were separately declared guilty on Tuesday of eight crimes each. In a guilty plea entered in a Manhattan federal courthouse, former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen implicated the president directly in some of his acts, saying he arranged to pay off two women to keep their stories of alleged affairs with Trump from becoming public before Election Day. At nearly the same moment, a jury in Alexandria, Virginia, convicted former Trump campaign boss Paul Manafort on eight of the 18 tax and bank fraud charges against him and said it was deadlocked on the 10 others. Cohen, long the self-professed fixer for Trump, pleaded guilty to five counts after prosecutors warned that he risked more than a dozen years in prison if he didn't. Robert Kuzami, the deputy U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, talked about the seriousness of the charges against Cohen. They are particularly significant when done by a lawyer, a lawyer who, through training and tradition, understands what it means to be a lawyer, to engage in honest and fair dealing and adherence to the law. Mr. Cohen disregarded that training, disregarded that tradition, and decided that he was above the law And for that, he was going to pay a very, very serious price. Although Cohen's plea deal did not include a promise to cooperate with investigators against any other people, his description of his acts implicated not just himself, but also Trump. And Lanny Davis, an attorney for Cohen, said in television interviews Tuesday night that Cohen has information that would be of interest to special counsel Bob Mueller and that he's happy to share it. Cohen now faces a recommended prison sentence of 46 to 63 months. That's about four to five years. The charges in the Manafort trial involved the former campaign manager's personal finances and weren't related to Mueller's investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 campaign. But Manafort's conviction in the first trial to emerge from Mueller's inquiry is nonetheless a major victory for the special counsel. The guilty verdict strengthens Mueller's hand as he continues to investigate obstruction of justice and potential collusion. Several advisors to Trump had begun discussing how to use a not guilty verdict regarding Manafort to undermine the Mueller probe. Now, instead, two advisors tell us that the challenge will be trying to discredit Cohen. Manafort's attorney, Kevin Downing, asked the judge for 30 days to file a motion for a new trial. Here he is leaving the courthouse. Mr. Manafort is disappointed of not getting acquittals all the way through or a complete hung jury on all counts. However, he would like to thank Judge Ellis for granting him a fair trial, thank the jury for their very long and hard-fought deliberations. He is evaluating all of his options at this point. Manafort's possible prison sentence is not immediately clear. But legal experts say he's likely to face about seven to ten years in prison under federal sentencing guidelines. 
The conviction might increase the pressure on Manafort to cooperate with Mueller in hopes of getting a break. Later last night, speaking to supporters at a rally in West Virginia, the president repeated his denunciation of the special counsel investigation. Fake news and the Russian witch hunt. We got a whole big combination. Where is the collusion? You know, they're still looking for collusion. Where is the collusion? Find some collusion. We want to find the collusion. Undeniably, this is a political nightmare for Trump. Five associates have now pleaded guilty or been charged with serious criminal wrongdoing since he took office, including his former national security advisor, his deputy campaign chairman, and a former campaign policy advisor. And we only know a fraction of what Mueller knows. In another big setback for Trump, one of his allies on Capitol Hill was indicted by a grand jury last night in San Diego. The Justice Department charged Republican Congressman Duncan Hunter Jr. and his wife with using more than $250,000 in campaign funds to pay for family vacations, theater tickets, and other personal expenses. They allegedly used the campaign money to live beyond their means, funding family trips to Italy, Hawaii, and other places, as well as school tuition, dental work, and theater tickets. Hunter was the second congressman to publicly support Trump. He made his endorsement known in February 2016, just a few hours after Congressman Chris Collins, a Republican from New York, came out for Trump. Collins was charged two weeks ago today with insider trading. The Justice Department alleged he plotted with his son to avoid hundreds of thousands of dollars in losses on an investment. Who was the third member of Congress to endorse Trump? Then Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions, who is now the attorney general. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Trump's top economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, hosted a white nationalist at his birthday party in his house in Connecticut this past weekend. The white nationalist, Peter Brimelow, is a zealous promoter of white identity politics on an anti-immigration website that he founded. Kudlow said last night that he's known Brimelow for a long time, but that he wasn't aware of his views on immigration or race. Kudlow said he disagrees with those issues. The birthday party came just one day after a White House speechwriter was ousted when news broke that he had spoken on a 2016 panel alongside Brimelow. Number two, Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine told reporters after a two-hour meeting with Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh yesterday that he views the landmark Roe v. Wade decision as settled law. Uh, We talked about whether he considered Roe to be settled law. He said that he agreed with what Justice Roberts said at his nomination hearing, in which he said that it was settled law. In a Senate with a narrow Republican majority, support from Collins and her colleague from Alaska, Lisa Murkowski, who both claim they support abortion rights, is critical to securing Kavanaugh's confirmation. Collins has said she would oppose a nominee who was hostile to Roe. But after the meeting, Collins seemed to be leaning towards backing him. Murkowski will meet with Kavanaugh on Thursday. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer also met with the nominee, but said Kavanaugh provided him no reassurance that he would uphold Roe. And to be clear, just because something is, quote, set a law doesn't mean that he wouldn't vote to overturn it once he's on the high court where you have the chance to overturn precedent. John Roberts, the chief justice, said the exact same thing as Kavanaugh during his meetings on the Hill over a decade ago, but he has made several decisions that would unwind the protections provided by Roe. And Kavanaugh voted just this year to block an immigrant from being able to get an abortion. Schumer also expressed concern over Kavanaugh's views on executive power, 
telling reporters that he would not say that the president must comply with a subpoena. Number three, the Wyoming state treasurer won the state's GOP gubernatorial nomination, defeating a candidate who received the endorsement from Trump. Mark Gordon defeated five other Republicans, including investor Foster Fries, who was backed by Trump, conservative activists, and Donald Trump Jr. Gordon's win ends a string of successful endorsements from the president in Republican primaries. Trump has successfully gotten candidates across the finish line in Kansas, Michigan, South Carolina, and several other places. A lot of those candidates were leading in the polls before Trump endorsed them, but the Wyoming race had been considered a toss-up. Ironically, while Wyoming voters were still casting their ballots, Trump bragged in West Virginia that his endorsements are more valuable than Ronald Reagan's were when he was president. You know, all my life I've heard endorsements don't mean anything. They said if you get an endorsement from Ronald Reagan, we like Ronald Reagan, It was a wonderful thing to have, but it didn't move the needle. Trump said he can add 20, 30, 40, or even 50 points to a candidate's total if he supports that person. And my record is, look, I don't want to brag about it, but man, do I have a good record of endorsement. Last night showed that's not correct. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, August 22nd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.